This podcast is brought to you by Morant. Hello and welcome to the Morant podcast. My name's Mike Wilkins and I'm hosting this episode where we'll be discussing how the COVID-19 crisis has affected the insolvency landscape. The International Monetary Fund is forecasting that the global economy will contract by 3% this year as the economies of countries around the world shrink at the fastest rate in decades. And with global corporate insolvencies projected to surge over the next few years, it's a very uncertain time for many businesses around the world. To explore this further are Jeff Cook and Stephen Alexander from Morant. Jeff is the former CEO of Jersey Finance, who used to head up HSBC's wealth management team in the UK. He's now a consultant at Morant with significant experience of cross-border financial services, corporate governance, private equity and capital markets. Stephen is a partner at Morant and has broad experience in multi-jurisdictional commercial litigation, arbitration and regulatory matters. And Stephen also regularly advises clients on commercial disputes, insolvencies and restructurings. He's also the Channel Islands Country Coordinator for Insol Europe. Jeff, I'll start with you first. Do you think we're experiencing a perfect insolvency storm with COVID-19 arriving at a time when some big economies were already struggling with an increase in businesses that were failing? Yes, I think we are. 2019 was the first year of growth in insolvencies since 2008. A number of causes for that, I think. The US-China trade war, Brexit uh, towards the end of last year, Concerns over market dominance and the tax affairs of American tech companies have created further tension between the EU and the US. So I think we're beginning to see a bit of a retreat of globalisation anyway. Uh, That manifested early in 2020 in Western Europe, uh, North America and Asia Pacific. And the roots, I think, uh, interestingly, go all the way back to the uncertain environment created post-2008. Uh, We had a decade-long period of ultra-low interest rates, uh, and that's kept some weaker companies alive in that period, and they're now exposed by the COVID disruption. And COVID-19 is a a different kind of crisis to the 2008 financial crash. Um, What lessons, Stephen, do you think we can can learn from history? You're right. 2008 was different. The 2008 crisis was first and foremost a financial shock that took a severe toll on the real economy. COVID-19, by contrast, is a public health crisis and and the crutch of central bank support that worked so effectively in putting a floor beneath the plummeting markets in late 2008 and early 2009 is unlikely to be the appropriate mechanism to address um, such a public health crisis in 2020. I think one thing that we can learn is that the IFCs were central to the world economy's orderly exit from the 2008 crash. They handled a vast number of insolvencies. It's because the IFCs, like the Channel Islands, the BVI, the Cayman Islands, provide safe harbours for many international businesses. They are recognised for the strength of their corporate statutory framework and have vast experience in restructuring and insolvency, particularly of a cross-border nature. In the Channel Islands, we've seen a number of schemes of arrangements. This is a very popular way of enabling companies to merge and partake in takeovers, but also to compromise and restructure their debts. We've also seen a number of cash box structures in the Channel Islands. 
Cash box structures allow a UK-listed company to raise cash by issuing shares without the need for a shareholder meeting and by enabling it to issue shares for non-cash consideration. The courts and the IFCs have also considerable experience in recognising and enforcing insolvency orders from other jurisdictions, thereby allowing insolvency officers of those foreign jurisdictions to exercise powers in those IFCs. This is very important if there are assets to recover or assets to sell. And in the Caribbean, we've seen a very large number of high-profile liquidations in the 12 years since 2008. Many of those relate to complex hedge fund structures, which are domiciled in the Caribbean. The courts are very familiar with the complex and cross-border nature of much of the restructuring that takes place. And they have, in my view, the statutory framework to support that restructuring. Um, I think it's important to recognise that all of the IFC jurisdictions have their commercial roots in English law and are all still connected to the Crown. There is now an opportunity, in my view, for the IFCs to demonstrate their expertise once again. So uh, opportunities there ahead. But uh, Jeff, how would you say that COVID-19 has affected global insolvencies and, and what do you anticipate will be the impacts over the next couple of years? Well, we can't be certain, but I think it's likely to be huge. Uh, it's estimated that $9 trillion has been knocked off global GDP. Uh, 68 countries are either in or heading for recession. So all economies are going to be tested to the max over the coming years. The savings rate has gone up to the highest peacetime rate ever which means cautious consumers still aren't spending, or at least not enough, for a rapid recovery. I think global corporate insolvencies are forecast to grow in 2020. Some countries disproportionately affected. I think USA, China, UK look particularly vulnerable. In Europe, Allianz has predicted a 12% increase in, in insolvencies in Germany, 41% in Spain and 27% in Italy. We've seen sectors that have been hard hit, and I think they'll continue to be the hardest hit. There'll be travel energy, tourism, and we're already seeing some big names suffer. Uh, Montreal-based Cirque du Soleil, Wirecard in Germany, Hertz in the US have all gone to the wall. Uh, Chesapeake Energy was the biggest shale driller in the US. It's filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And the International Labour Organization is predicting that as many as 400 million full-time jobs could be lost. So the impact is going to be very substantial. Yeah, and a, a worrying time for businesses and governments all around the world. And, and Stephen, what measures have been taken and, and are being taken to try and prevent, essentially, economic collapse? Well, Mike, most governments, both onshore and offshore, have provided economic support. Many listening to this will be familiar with the furlough schemes and the government lending programmes that are operating at present. The aim of most of these measures is to protect businesses and to save as many jobs as possible during the pandemic. But governments have also had to look at their existing insolvency and restructuring legislation. In the UK, uh, this has resulted in the Corporate Insolvency and Governance Bill. This has introduced new corporate restructuring tools to the insolvency and restructuring regime to give companies the breathing space and tools required to maximise their chance of survival. And it has temporarily suspended parts of insolvency law to support directors to continue trading through the emergency without the threat of personal liability for wrongful trading 
and to protect companies from creditor action. In the IFCs, there hasn't been any new specific insolvency or restructuring legislation introduced, but I think this has really been because the existing legislation is tried, tested, and it works. I think in my view, we haven't seen the worst of the crisis yet. The real test of the strength of all of the jurisdictions regimes will come when the government support stops. And I think it is likely that the third and fourth quarter of this year is when that is going to happen. After that, and into next year, the true economic fallout will be known. And it is really only then that we'll see how all of these insolvency and restructuring regimes in the developed world really hold up. And with governments taking on such enormous levels of extra debt, Jeff, it it might be worrying to think, how can they possibly pay it all back? Well, that's a good question. But I think the difference with this crisis is that the countries and governments have tools now they didn't have in past crises. If you go back to the Great Depression, you didn't have things like central bank synchronisation. You didn't have quantitative easing. Uh, You didn't have coordination around FOLO schemes, uh, loan support schemes. Uh, So I think the situation is very different this time around. And interest rates are ultra low, so that should make the servicing of debt manageable for governments, at least in most developed countries. Something that supports that view is the recent UK gilts auction, where the UK government borrowed at negative interest rates, which means that investors are paying government to look after their cash. There's no effective servicing costs for the government. It's got to repay the debt at some point. But as it goes, there's no servicing costs. So developed countries, uh, USA, UK, Europe, China, much of Asia will be resilient. But places like Africa, some countries in Africa, South America are not so well placed and, and could see defaults. So global recovery, I think, is foreseeable. Yes, there'll be insolvencies. But if people focus on getting the best outcome for struggling companies, enabling them to restructure or refinance, whether through debt or equity, then I think there's a good chance of recovery. And I think that's it. It's uh, what can be done to aid the economic recovery. And and Stephen, what other solutions are there to to ensure that more businesses survive? For most well-run businesses, the support is there for them to weather the storm. Uh, Companies in difficulty should be discussing those issues with their creditors. They should be examining their working practices, trying to understand if there are further efficiencies that can be made what they're doing. They should be preserving their resources, in particular their cash. They should be exploring what restructuring options are available and taking the appropriate professional advice. Onshore and in the IFCs, there are a number of mechanisms for companies to compromise debts and restructure whilst avoiding a formal liquidation process. That can include schemes of arrangements, creditor voluntary arrangements, administrations, receiverships, pre-pack sales and many more. But ultimately, if the business is not viable, then the directors should be taking professional advice on the liquidation of that entity. Most liquidations in the IFCs are relatively quick, cost-effective and efficient. And Jeff, uh, we hear there that quick, cost-effective and efficient, but but what role can the offshore IFCs play in, in supporting a global recovery? They have a really important role to play, I feel, in in supporting this global recovery. I mean, quite properly, the initial emphasis has been on saving lives. It's a public health crisis. But attention has turned to saving livelihoods uh, and to recovering economies. And in this respect, I think IFCs have proven experience in restructuring. 
they have stable legal frameworks. Uh, you know, we've been exporting the rule of law since 1204. We've got sound regulation and governance standards attested to by bodies like the IMF, the FATF, the World Bank, IOSCO. On an international corporation, uh, we've been cited as really high performers by people like the OECD. So these are places people can come that they can trust, where the expertise lies to help them find different ways of restructuring, recovering. And of course, it's always important to remember that IFCs support and have available the PE firms, which will be the sources of private capital, of equity and debt that companies will need for their restructuring and refinancing. So I think IFCs has a very important role to play in saving livelihoods and in supporting the recovery. And it sounds like that stability is going to be sorely needed and it sounds like it's going to continue being a very busy time for insolvency practitioners as we face one of the most significant challenges of modern times. Uh, well, Jeff and Stephen, thank you for your expert insight and analysis today. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you'd like any further information on the insolvency and restructuring industry, then please head over to the Morant website. Thank you for listening. For more information, please get in touch with your usual Morant contact or visit morant.com. Thank you.